Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Female Footballers Podcast. My name is Cassie Gray. I'm your host. And today I'm joined by a little chunk of our staff. Um, if you guys want to introduce yourselves this time, that would be great. So I do less of the talking. Go for it, Haley. Hi, guys. I'm Haley Lucas. I'm the mentor director of Female Footballers. Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel Thomas. I'm the curriculum developer for Female Footballers. Hi, everybody. My name is Louise Arsenault. I'm one of the mentors here at Female Footballers. Hi, I'm Kira Scalarcio, and I am too a mentor at Female Footballers. Awesome. Thank you, ladies. Um, I think it's important that people can put your voice to what you're sharing about. Today, we have a very interesting and kind of different topic um, that is very relatable. And if you are a player, you will be able to um, get a lot out of this. If you're a parent, you will very much get a lot out of this. And if you're a coach, I hope you're paying attention because you too will get a lot out of this. The topic that we're going to discuss today is conflict within a team um, pertaining to uh, the concept of relational aggression. And we're going to define what that means. And we're going to discuss how conflict and relational aggression kind of can erode team culture and team dynamics within the female side of the game. Um, so we're just gonna jump right in and I'm gonna give a little bit of background as to what we're talking about. So we know as mentors, as coaches, as parents, and as former players or current players on this, um, on this podcast, we know there's always teammates that you're not gonna get along with. There's gonna be girls you play with that aren't your favorite people. Um, but it's always important to find that mutual respect so that the team culture stays strong. Um, and that can be sometimes easy where we find some of our closest friends through the game. And that can be really hard when we come up against a personality type that conflicts with ours. And we hear from a lot of parents and coaches and even players within our programs that struggle with how to handle different scenarios on and off the field with their teammates when it comes to uh, disagreeing uh, when it comes to um, feedback and um, performance and all sorts of things. And we like to discuss the term relational aggression today and how that plays a role in, in what these scenarios and things that we are talking about. So relational aggression um, is a term that doesn't get used enough. Oftentimes it's substituted, um, the word bully is substituted for relational aggression. Um, the word mean girl is substituted for relational aggression. Um, but both of those two terms are not detailed enough to describe what is actually happening in uh, team dynamics. So bully is uh, a word that even in schools gets thrown around way too often. Um, bullies are consistent. Often bullies have to do with physical behavior. Um, bullies are, um, there, there's a lot more to that that term, but it gets thrown around a lot, as does mean girl. And we hear the word mean girl a lot more in the soccer sense, um, where there's a group of mean girls or there's one mean girl on the team. And um, not to say that these terms don't exist, but a lot of the time they're being substituted for what is actually relational aggression. So relational aggression includes non-physical behaviors that damage a youth status or social standing within the peer group or team. Relationally aggressive behaviors include gossip, social exclusion, starting or spreading a rumor behind someone's back, giving the silent treatment, or threatening to stop being friends with someone if they don't act a certain way. 
even cyberbullying or bully behavior that occurs usually through social media takes the form of relational aggressive behaviors where technology becomes the medium where the social status relationships are harmed. So all of these um, things that are occurring are under the umbrella of relational aggressive, aggression. Um, relational aggressors, the people who are kind of doing these behaviors are often disliked by the team. Um, some of them are coined bullies or mean girls. Um, they sometimes tend to be socially influential or even the popular girls on the team. Um, they might use this type of behavior to achieve higher status on the team. Um, they might, and sometimes in on the physical side of the game while you're actually playing, these behaviors can turn physical, um, not so much in a obvious way, but it leads to, you know, so-and-so went way too hard on me in practice. Um, but sometimes that relational aggression turns kind of in that physical realm um, during a practice and then girls are bothered that one girl went way too hard or something. So that was a lot to be thrown at you, but I guess the first question for all of you guys on here is, does any of this resonate with you as a player, coach, or parent? And um, if so, feel free to give uh, one example, personal, or um, that you've seen in professional soccer or collegiate soccer that you can think of. So go for it. <laughs> Don't all jump at once. <laughs> you want me to start? I'll start. Um, so I have a daughter. She's nine and she plays competitive soccer and um, I have not seen this on her team but I have seen this in her friend groups at school um, and a lot of the time she's not directly involved but she also doesn't always understand um, how to not directly involve herself for example maybe there's gossip being talked about and she hears the gossip and then tells somebody else the gossip and now she's involved herself and so we have a lot of conversations at home about how to stay on the outside of that while also showing support for your teammates. And I think this is something that happens on the soccer field while you're stretching or you're warming up, you're talking about what's going on at school or in your friend groups. And sometimes this information is discussed on the field and um, you're trying to show support or like you're involved in the conversation, but sometimes that involvement is actually spreading rumors, spreading the gossip. And so it's like being self-aware of your role, even if you're not directly involved, that's a part of some of the relational aggression that we see on the field. So that would be an example at a younger age. Anybody else have one? I think when you put people in a team dynamic with all the different personalities, you're bound to hit bumps in the road. And a lot of it is cycles, right? So a lot of things that occur are cycles and young people. Um, I work with young players as well as teenagers, as well as college players. Uh, personalities clash in moments in time. And I think when you're working in a group dynamic and you see that the bigger picture is team, that we're all here together in a unique experience as a team, we got to work in intention. So if our intentions are pure towards the base of what the team is supposed to do and what we're trying to accomplish, then some of those conversations that come up, if we can think about the greater picture, uh, those conversations um, of gossip and whatnot that comes out, um, adjusts and changes. Um, I think as a coach, I'm a coach, and I think it's important to address those things early on or they continue to happen. 
And I think playing off of that, oftentimes, especially at um, teenage age or a little bit younger, a lot of these girls go to the same school. Um, they are involved socially. And I think oftentimes we talk about like relational aggression also with um, isolation, the kind of rumors you talked about. Um, and those kind of social issues can seep onto the field and make it very difficult for teams to work together when they have those issues going on off the field. So while a coach or um, a parent might not necessarily know that's going on or is aware of it and doesn't want to um, overstep, I do think that having that conversation with the team about how it is almost a separate entity and putting that team above those issues and kind of like when we're on the field, we are a team. Um, is in a very important conversation because I know we've talked about also how like even on the team girls have clicks and um, group chats and things like that that can be um, exclusive and trying to rally around that team effort um, can hopefully help reduce some of those issues. Right and those interpersonal relationships that are different and deeper because you connect to people differently so on your team you have people who you relate to and you get really close with um, and some people you might not vibe as much with, and that's okay. But that common respect factor is so key. And when you're working with younger players, we're, we're teaching them, with all players, we're teaching them. We're teaching them how to communicate, how to deal with conflict, how to be able to look beyond themselves, how to um, you know, see positive perceptions of situations and how to learn. And I think that as a coach, if we can address these things often, um, then it doesn't unravel and then you're not meeting the problem after it's been occurring for a long time. You're meeting it as it's, as it's starting and then you're able to, you're able to put out the fire early. Um, and then hopefully the kids can learn how to, how, to, how to interact in a group that's bigger than themselves. And that's, that's a tough thing for, for any person to do. And I'm gonna also add piggyback onto what both of you said, by the way, which was, you both nailed it. But I think that having a relationship with a player is super important. The more we get to know our players, the more we're able, I'm speaking on behalf of a coach here uh, because I, I do coach, but noticing when a player comes and something bothering them, having that established trust beforehand and being able to ask them to say, hey, what's, what's bothering you? And having the trust to be enabled for them to be able to share with them, with us, what the problem is or be vulnerable in, in an environment where um, they feel comfortable sharing some of the things so that way we can address it. And and the overarching addressing it as a team, a team, I think is super important, but also knowing the behaviors of your players and what can affect them or why it's affecting them um, and establishing that trust, I think is super important also. Yeah, I think it gets, um, can be particularly difficult as, or it, it sort of changes as the, as the levels and age, but definitely the levels, um, change because when you're, you know, m many girls play sport because they love their team, being on a team. Um, and, but as you get higher and higher, you're now competing for just playing time. You know, it's not, you're not just maybe in your younger ages playing with classmates or, you know, your local community and, um, and it's fun and things like that. And then it starts to get more intense and then how that factors into the, um, social part of the sport, because it is a team sport, but now you're at this high level, you're competing for playing time. 
um, how hard you're going at practice. I know Cassie, you've talked about that player who's like, you know, almost hurting her teammates. Um, but Kira, going back to what you're talking about of like, you know, the mutual respect because because the ultimate goal is for the team to succeed. And some, and so that it, it all comes back to self-awareness, which we seem to always bring everything back to, because if you can be self-aware of how, where you are, where you're at and what you're bringing to the team and not that you're settling for your role, but that, you know, what your best role is for this team to be the best. And sometimes that may be like, you know, having a really honest conversation with yourself. Um, but also it, um, it ultimately will help the team be better. And so it, it can be very difficult. Um, I, I think, especially at those high levels when you're competing so hard to try to get playing time, to be on the field, to get seen, to you know keep moving up the levels. Um, one of the things I've noticed coaching younger ages is when it's very social is you, and you have the natural, like, and I've had some very large teams. And so you have the natural groups that break off. Um, and so as a coach, like giving them the freedom, like I was always pretty chill until like once practice time was, then it was practice time and no phones and no distractions that way. And trying to integrate those groups because you figure out the girls who want to hang out with each other. And, um, and that's all well and good. Um, if the, if the vibe is good, <laughs> but we, um, and that's part of the coach's job, I feel like is sort of assessing, and that's going to change every year with your new teams, with the new groups. But, um, you know, you want to, if there is a player who like, who has a lot of power for good and bad, you want to really be in tune with that player. So, and, and I've had players where I, I had a player who was everyone just looked at her because she was, she was, you know, had a big personality and it was awesome. And so I just pulled her aside and I said, Hey, you know, it is so awesome. Your energy is so great. And I need you to help me with, you know, cause they look up to you and, and be this leader and kind of giving her that, um, ownership of that and guiding her through then that position of being a leader and giving her opportunities to, to use that power for good, because she could be very distracting, right. Or very, mean girl or get do this relational aggression stuff and trying to guide her to use that in the the best way for the team I think uh, yeah I think with personalities everyone has different types of personalities and they're all acceptable right like we're all the goal as a coach is to create an authentic situation an authentic scenario where players get to be themselves and the thing I tell my players all the time is you get to be yourself as long as you don't negatively affect anyone else now, it's not a perfect world. It happens sometimes. So addressing things for what they are in the moment, being present is key. And I think that's important when working with children, whether you're a parent, you're a coach, you're a teacher, whatever that looks like. Um, because players, what ends up happening is they're human, just like the rest of us, and they make mistakes and they say things sometimes that's not nice, or they do things that are pushing boundaries. And how do we teach? How do we show them like, hey, you know what, in this moment, that wasn't very kind. And this is how this affected this person here. And then creating empathy and thought behind what somebody else is going through. Uh, the human nature piece of these kids, because they're all, they're, they're good people. They're learning. Um, the human nature piece kicks in and then hopefully they'll be able to see how their behaviors are affecting someone else. Uh, and then that's how they grow relationships. And um, I've had players who disliked each other very much when they were playing with each other. And now they found the common respect and they recognize being a part of something greater than themselves 
in a, in a very unique, positive situation is important to them. And they're good to each other now. Do they hang out all the time? No, but they're good to each other. And that's, that's the goal we're looking for. Absolutely. And I, I love all the, um, what you guys are coming out with as from the coach perspective, because I think this is an area that um, we need a lot of help in our country with helping coaches deal with this. I don't think there's a lot out there helping coaches deal with this. Um, not necessarily always a part of a licensing program or a course you can take where they give you this. Um, and this is kind of what makes sometimes a good coach great is the coaches that know how to handle this or know children and females really well. Um, but coming at it from a player perspective too, I think like you, you both were just saying like players, um, the self-awareness piece is huge because I think that as girls, we're very aware of what everyone else around us are doing. It's part of the female dynamic and culture to be aware of the girl next to you, what she looks like, how she sounds, like all the different things we pay attention to as females that um, not aren't necessarily always great that we notice these things, right? But it's a very big part of our culture that we are aware of others and what they're doing and, and how they, um, are you know, bringing themselves to the situation, but we need to be more aware of how our role plays into that relational aggression. For example, um, I think if you asked a team of girls, which girl on the team is the least popular or, or least liked, all the girls on the team probably know. They, they could pinpoint that. Do you think girls could pinpoint how they play a role in that dynamic? Like, do you know what I mean by that? Like. They could tell you who, who's not liked, but do they? Do you think they're aware of how their attitude affects that cultural piece of the girl who's not liked? And I think that there's a lot of girls who aren't aware of their role in that. Do you know what I mean by that? Does that make sense? First of all, I think that is a phenomenal question. I think it's a hard one to answer, but my answer to that would be, I don't know that they do unless they have self-awareness we talked about, but because we judge people based on their actions and we judge ourselves based on our intentions. So it's harder for us to have a real clear, concise um, overview of where we are if we don't really take a good look at ourselves because our intentions can be good, but the actions that we, we take might not be the correct ones, whereas we always judge other people by their actions. So we kind of get ourselves off the hook if we um, if we don't really take a hard look at ourselves. Oh my God, I love that, by the way. Love that. Very true. And, and at the same thing from a parent perspective, having a daughter, and I know Rachel, you have three daughters, like um, it's really hard when you're not at practice or at the game and you're not a part of this and your daughter comes home and wants to talk about it and you don't have all the context and you're only getting her side of it, it's really hard to know how to help. I think a lot of parents are at a loss on like what direction. And I think coaches feel that way too, because coaches are gonna miss a lot of these little things, especially if it's in a group chat or something on social media, you're not a part of it. So like, what's the best thing you can do? And like you guys said, it's self-awareness, but like you said, Kara, that the mutual respect and always putting team first, that has to be a part of a culture on a team. And I think as a parent, a lot of the times, we want to be mama bear and we want to support our children. And so we're always like, yeah, she is wrong. Or you, you know, you want to like lift your kid up by kind of being their best friend in that regard, but that's not always the best route to take. Um, I think that if we're truly putting our kid in a sport to learn the different values that come with being a part of a team, 
we have to keep those values at the forefront when they come and they're frustrated with different aspects of it and making sure that we talk about team. Some of the best conversations that I've had with parents um, because, um, and recently I had a parent reach out because her kid came home very upset because I had, I had addressed something that was said that wasn't very kind. Uh, and the parent came to me looking for solutions. And I think if we're all looking for solutions for the betterment of the player, at, because they're all learning how to behave, how to treat each other and their behavior in the moment, whether you're the person who is uh, addressing someone else that's not kind, or if you're the person getting the end of that, um, it's how do we find solutions to get to a space where we can learn how to be respectful to each other. So I think having those conversations with coaches, not coming at them like, hey, this person was mean to my kid or my kid came home crying or whatever it is, but saying, hey, can you let me know what happened in this situation? Let's talk about it. And what's the solution that best fits my child um, so that we can help them find the success that we're looking for? Yeah, Cass, something you said um, resonated. I think it's really important for the parents when your child you know, shares with you frustration or whatever with, uh, with a teammate or a situation, um, you know, whether it's, or in school, like it really anything like the, the reaction should try to be, um, empathy for the, for the, for the, the perpetrator, <laughs> um, empathy for your child as well. Like that's really hard, you know, man, that must've been really hard. Like, I wonder what, you know, Sally's dealing with right now. She might like that, you know, that, that behavior, her behavior is saying, showing that there's, there's something else or, or not even saying that that's, that's probably not a good example. A good, you know, just trying to give the benefit of the doubt because um, to lose great quote, you know, the, their, their intent, their behavior may not be reflecting their intentions. And I think when, you know, there are so many pressures that are kids face in all the different situations that they're put in, um, that their behaviors are going to change based on those situations um, and, the, and the pressures that they have coming from home, coming from school, society, um, all sorts of things are happening. And especially when you get in the athletic environment, you know, you have players like I have some of my daughter's teammates have some parents who are just really, really intense about their um, athletic career and you know so the, that player's feeling that right we've talked about that look at them looking in the stands and things like that and so that just remembering the the pressures of of the, the other pressures not just the, the there and now which is or the here and now which is hard because that's what you know teenagers are focused on is the here and now um but one thing i like to do as a coach to shift to a coach's perspective um is uh and this, this is for, this is not just in terms of the social dynamic, but to really um, help with culture is playing, a, a, doing an activity and usually like an active uh, cast. I remember like at Cal, we, I remember some of my favorite memories were when we got to play um, ultimate Frisbee at practice. And one, because it was so different, you know, obviously it wasn't soccer, but um, it just, it allowed for a new experience with the same people. Like, and it was also, a, I mean, we're all very highly competitive people and athletes, but some people were much better at it 
than others. And some of our best players on the soccer field were not that great. And it allowed for a little bit of a different, like this dynamic shift and people to see people in a sort of a different light. So I try to, I like to integrate those things, you know, every few weeks. Um, it doesn't have to be obviously the whole practice, but just to, um, you know, give the players a different perspective, because that's another thing that can happen. You know, if you have this one player who's really, really good um, and is the star player, how your other players are feeling based on that and how, you know, depending on how that star player's leadership skills are, if they're, you know, using their power for good or bad or whatever it is, like just trying to allow for a shakeup in the, um, in that power dynamic can allow for, to help build the culture and maybe stop some of the relational aggression or provide space that allows maybe a player to feel more confident to say something um, because, you know, in this environment, they felt different than they did in just a regular soccer practice. I think the key at the end of the day is empowerment, right? So can we give um, a create environment where we can give players and kids the tools to be able to address some of the situations? Um, so that way they feel that they are equipped to be able to deal with some of the stuff themselves as opposed to um, feeling helpless. So as coaches, as parents, finding resources or you know communicating and sharing a platform that um, is open especially on the coach player relationship again an area of safe space of vulnerability where you're or enabling your kids to um, build tools like Kira mentioned earlier she addressed it with the mom which then addressed it to the kid and she creates a space with her kids and seeing her coach firsthand where she's opening it up a discussion and addressing things right away so I think it starts with pushing the envelope from the kids. Sometimes they'll say something and they get away with it. And then we don't address it right away, even though we hear it as coaches. And then it happens again. And then it kind of creates this environment where there's a little bit of laxity. And I think if we set the standard as coaches and as parents um, of how to behave and addressing, even despite the mistakes and growing from them, then it gives them the tools and it gives them resiliency and it helps them be strong people in the community, not just kind of victim of circumstances. Love that, big time. I think, um, yeah, I love that too. I, I think that, I think this is one of those topics where coaches, um, I, I feel like I hear from a lot of coaches where they feel this stuff, but they don't know what to do about it. So you guys have given a lot of great ideas. And I think like you said, Lou, um, well, first, Rachel, you said the word empathy, which I think is huge. Um, and Lou, you mentioned vulnerability, and Kira kind of mentioned that this whole team aspect of a parent, player, and coach relationship that fosters the ability to communicate about all this. All of that is important, and giving language to things like the feeling on the team. You know, everyone knows what that feels like out there when it doesn't feel right, or somebody's upset, or there's just something is off. And giving a term like relational aggression, giving language to that experience is only going to help empower, like you said, Lou, um, the players, the coach, and the parent to know what to do next. And so it starts with language, then it goes to, you know, communication. And you guys were talking a lot about how coaches and parents can do a lot of these things. I think players can too. I think at the younger ages, it's harder. Um, but at the older ages, you know, even at the college level or the national team level, the professional level, these are things we expect at that point from team captains. Uh, but like Rachel, you, you're saying it doesn't have to be a team captain. I think when the dynamics are shifted 
in those types of activities that we do outside of sport, you can really, I think, like you said, that's an, a way to empower your players to see the other strengths and skill sets of the players on the team. And I think um, when you do those things or you hang out off the field and you see what, what value everybody else brings, that can really help players have the opportunity to discuss these types of things or to see it differently and have a different perspective. And this is why those away tournaments and staying in hotels and going out to dinner, it's so fun because you really get to look at that person differently and you can see some of the external pressures that are put upon them outside of just on the soccer field, right? So it can be really empowering to do those team building activities. And that's a lot of what we do here at Female Footballers. Um, one more, I, I just think that we naturally steer away from conflict and one of the most empowering things we can do is have conflict resolution so being able to go into a situation where it's uncomfortable or something occurred that wasn't um, that didn't feel right and coming together and being able to hear each other out and being able to find a solution that is like Lou said one of the most empowering things we can teach um, and so really diving into those situations and um, you know, practicing, working through things with your teams is, is key and it's important and it builds that, that deeper connection as a team so that the team is ultimately, um, they're, they're focusing on what is best for the team. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that's where it's like, it's just, it's hard. I think it's just really hard on the female side. And we talk about this, like it doesn't happen to boys. It does. Absolutely. But like Rachel said, I think in the beginning, girls are more, more likely to use relational aggression as compared to physical aggression, whereas boys tend to lean towards physical aggression. Um, girls are more likely to, than boys to find behavior emotionally taxing um, because they're used to these close-knit friendships. And girls often assess their own self-worth based on their social relationships, whereas boys are a little bit different. Sometimes they base their self-worth more on their athleticism within the sport. Um, that's not to say that they don't find the same things just because they're boys. It's just this does statistically tend to be a, a larger female issue. And this is one of those avenues of why um, we are female footballers and why we focus on the female side of things. And if you coach females, this is an aspect that you need to educate yourself on um, as soon as possible. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think this is a great discussion. We could go on and on, I think, for a long time. Um, if you are listening and you are interested in more resources or you want to discuss this further, if you're a coach in a club and you want to bring uh, this kind of training to the other coaches in your club, that's what we do. Um, if you have players on your team that are struggling with this kind of stuff, again, that's what we do. We come and do team sessions. We have private opportunities. Um, so, you know, reach out to us for sure. Any last thoughts, ladies, on any of this? This is a great, great discussion. No? <laughs> All right. Well, this is, um, again, um, parents too, we have a ton of resources. We do parent sessions as well. And we talk about this kind of stuff and how to support your, your daughter. So um, definitely reach out to us. We really appreciate you guys listening this week. Um, try to use this term or introduce this term if you've never heard of it to your players or to your daughter or to your teammates if you're just a, a, a girl listening. So thanks again. And we hope to hear, uh, have you join us next week. Thanks.